calm mind brings inner strength and self-confidence. So that's very important for good health. That is a quote by the Dalai Lama. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 25. The topic this week is your mental health is the key to how you operate in life. My guest this week is Dr. Roseanne Kapana Hodge. Dr. Roseanne is the founder and director of Dr. Roseanne and Associates and the originator of the 360 degree reboot intensive therapies program. Her center is known for offering expert level integrative mental health support and she has more than 25 years working with children, teens, adults, and parents. She answered her calling to become a psychologist and currently has integrative centers in Ridgefield and Newtown, Connecticut, where the focus is on providing clinically valid holistic therapies such as neurofeedback, biofeedback, counseling, and assessment for a variety of issues and conditions. Dr. Roseanne is a Connecticut certified school psychologist and a licensed professional counselor, along with a host of many other board certifications. Please sit back and tune in to what Dr. Roseanne has to say. Well, hello, Roseanne. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi, Trina. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being with me. I see now you're a doctor, you're a psychologist and a neurofeedback doctor. Can you tell me what a neurofeedback doctor is? Sure. So um, I'm a neurofeedback provider and, you know, what neurofeedback is, it is a evidence-based form of um, therapy that supports healthy brainwave functioning. Um, and, you know, people may have heard the word neurofeedback and they're not sure what it is. Um, and people use it all over the world. Uh, I know Trina, you're in Houston and there's providers out in Houston, um, cause I've met some of them and what neurofeedback does is if somebody has, um, a dysregulation in their brainwave functioning. So somebody who has ADHD or anxiety, anything where there's a disruption in the central nervous system, um, so I always think A to Z, right? Uh, what what happens is through the use of computers, we learn to reinforce certain brain waves, healthy brain waves, and it's a process of measurement and reinforcement, and that's what the computers do, and it provides reinforcement typically through the watching of movies that also provide different types of reinforcement, like dinging and different things that stimulate. Uh, electrical activity in the brain and get it to perform um, in a healthy rhythm, which reduces symptoms like anxiety, depression, whatever is unique to each per- person. 
Um, but what I do is holistic therapies. And that's one of the holistic therapies that I use that I love. Okay. So you use that, let's say if I suffered from anxiety, would you use that method instead of prescribing me medication? So I am a psychologist and I don't prescribe medication. Uh, I also don't really believe in psychiatric medication. And I think that medication is very, very overused um, and should probably only be used probably less than 5% of the time that it's currently used. Um, and that's a whole other topic of conversation. But, you know, in our American health system, which is different from other countries, particularly Europe, we reach for medication first, often sometimes before we do psychotherapy and other more holistic and evidence-based treatments. Um, so I use neurofeedback, biofeedback, PMF, other brain-based therapies instead of medication. Absolutely. Um, it's as effective, if not more effective, and doesn't produce any of the side effects um, that medications produce. I like that. I, I like not, you know, going into the, the medication because I agree with you. I think we are just over medicated as a society. And I think that's one of the reasons why we we have the problem that we have with people getting addicted to different forms of um, prescription drugs. Um, yeah, very true. So as we were talking before we started interviewing. You have your own practice and it's made up of all women. Tell me, tell me about that and Sonny, some of your challenges and your success to, to build your practice and how did you end up with all women? Was that intentional or did it just happen like that? Um, well, I started out, you know, to, <clears throat> I always just had, it was my calling to be a psychologist. I really, as a very young child said, I wanted to be a psychologist. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't come from a family that were, you know, were in the helping profession. And it was just something that aligned with me. I always felt like it was a, a gift that was given to me that I knew that I wanted to do that from an early age. And so I actually have worked in a multitude of settings. I've worked in psychiatric hospitals. I've worked in schools. I've done in-home counseling. And in the 1990s, I've been in mental health for 20 20, almost 28 years now. Um, <clears throat> I'm very happy to be doing it and we'll be here for a lot longer. And um, when I started out, you know, my private practice work, I was actually working in a school and was happy working in a school. And people started asking me to see their kids, other teachers, you know, teachers would ask me to see their kids, or I do also do neuropsych psychoed testing. So Lo and behold, I wound up getting a practice. And then very, very quickly, in a matter of a couple of years, I was actually so busy doing private practice work that I left my job. And I never had an intention of, you know, having this wellness center that we have now. And we have this beautiful wellness center in, you know, Ridgefield, Connecticut. And we um, are very, very heavy pediatrics. We're probably about 60% pediatrics. And when I say pediatrics, I mean 28 and under. Um, <laughs> some adults are failure to launch and some aren't. But so I always include young adults in that sort of pediatric matrix. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, we see people from all over the U.S. And we developed a program called 360 Reboot for people to fly in and get intensives for two weeks. So when I started this practice, I didn't think 
it was going to be anybody but me. But what happened is we really specialize in research-based holistic therapies and people would come from, you know, far and wide to get, you know, services. And so then I said, okay, let me bring on another therapist and then another therapist. And I had, you know, it just started organically happening. It was in my business plan. Now I have a very different idea about what I want, but I also had no intention of being an all female practice. It is just what has happened. I always uh, interview, um, you know, all types of applicants. Uh, we have a really stringent um, interview process. I do five interviews. Um, and the reason why we do five interviews is everybody who's here is incredibly authentic. And we have an amazing synergy. And so in order to grow that and protect that, we really do an extensive interview process. Um, I love having women, Trina. I think you know, we are so heart centered, not that males are loving and caring. We are just different. And, and so, and how we approach um, healing. And <clears throat> we have so many moms who come in with kids. It just is, a, you know, we can relate at a different level, all of us here are moms. Um, and I'm not saying you have to have the same issue to treat. But it does make a difference when you're talking to parents. It gives you street cred, Trina, <laughs> when you are a parent yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I can't really say there are challenges of being all women. I love being the, I don't even, my, you know, my employees call me their boss. And I'm like, I'm not your boss. I'm your cheerleader. I'm like your coach. Um, I love mentoring. And my job is to support the therapists and the clinicians that work here so that they can blossom and be who they are and be the best at what they're, you know, doing. Um, and I really spend a lot of time doing that, you know, and I love that. Um, like yourself, I, I believe in lifting other women. <laughs> um, and I didn't always get that when I was learning. And I knew that that was something that would be really important for that. When I actually did get my first employee, I thought, you know, you have to lift. That's just a really important part in being a manager and working with women. And I also very much don't believe in micromanaging, which is why we spend a lot of time interviewing people. I need people to really be grounded, um, professional got their stuff together and motivated. Um, I, I'll give you as much supervision as you want, but supervision is completely different from micromanaging, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. I totally agree. Yeah. It, you know, and it's, it's interesting what you're saying. I'm sitting here listening to you. And just like a day or two ago, I was reading an article about how women make better leaders because of what you were saying, where we have um, different emotional intelligence as far as um, how we lead and how we listen and how we interact with other people that men don't. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, there was a book, I actually heard her speak and I wish I knew the name of it, how they talked about um, the best qualities of a boss are often characteristics that women have. Um, and, 
you know, unfortunately in the world, you know, women are not in the same leadership capabilities, you know, in the same leadership positions, you know, we're not always given the same opportunities. It's always really interesting um, what happens. Like, you know, I'm the daughter of Italian immigrants, proud Italian immigrants, and my parents are like many immigrants, you know, came over uh, and they are incredibly hardworking and um, did very well for themselves and own a very large company. And so I had the privilege of being around people that owned a company, but I also had the privilege of, you know, never having a limit. And um, even though very much culturally, there's an antiquated part of my culture, like, you know, for example, uh, there are three children in my family and there's a firstborn male. And so in an Italian culture, we joke, it's the firstborn male, then Jesus Christ, and then the rest of the kids. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Very much in my household, but yet my parents were like, you know, you can do anything that you want. And so... What a powerful message. So I didn't know that a woman couldn't do anything (laughs) until you go out into the world and then people make dumb comments to you like, oh, you know, um, you know, I'm always many women have come to my house and asked what my husband does. And I'm like, I'm Dr. Roseanne. (laughs) (laughs) This This is equally my house. Why does it have to be my husband? And I thought, you know, these are the kind of comments that hold us back. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm lucky and very fortunate. I surround myself with a bunch of other lifters and um, have a great bunch of entrepreneurial friends um, that, you know, where we help each other. And that's pretty amazing, you know, to have that. And I think that's what women, it doesn't, you don't have to be an entrepreneurial to, entrepreneur to have lifters in your life. Um, you choose friends that support you and care about you and you know, that you could call at 12 o'clock at night when you have a flat tire. Um, not the one that's going to call call you to complain, you know, about who knows, but and only complains, you know. So, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've been very purposeful in my life in, in creating both personal and, you know, professionals with connections with people that, you know, we are motivators for each other and care you know, and really offer support. And I think that's what really important for women to do that for themselves. Um, you know, we, we are, I think a woman works two and a half times more in a day than a man. If you are a mother. And I think that's very true. (laughs) Um, and I have an amazing husband. I, I think I literally have the world's best husband and he's just a really super fun, um, great partner in life. And I don't, and I know that's just not always the case for people. So I'm, I certainly, um, people make, you know, people enter into relationships and people change and people change together and, and sometimes they don't, but it's really important to have people in your life, um, that, you know, that you choose, right. That's a great part about your friendships, right. Is that you get to choose them and, you know, those should be things that are helpful for both of you you know, and bring rewards and richness and a lot of gratitude um, into your life. I I mean, you are, you are preaching to the choir right now. I I love it. (laughs) I've decided that I'm going to use this platform, my podcast to lift other women up because 
so many times other women think that you they have to compete with you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no competition. You know, there's there's space for all of us. And I would like to see women lifting each other instead of trying to compete. And it's funny because men do it for other men. Oh, they, yeah. And they don't have to be friends. It's just, and, and they look at it as, as it, this is business. So if they know Jim has a certain skill and they have something that will benefit him, they do that. And then it's always reciprocated. So men go through life making these connections and collaborating in the ways that women don't and we never have. And I, I just don't understand that. We're not enculturated to do that, Trina. You, you know, that's, you're right. That's the basis of it, right? And, you know, we can change that by creating that in our lives. And um, I think that's really, really important. And I, you know, you're, you're 100% right, Gina. I mean, this is what happens with women. Not to say that all men, you know, are perfect either, but they do have a different relationship and their level, you know, yet they're trained to be competitive through sports. But in their relationships, they are different. They're they're not as verbal in their support, but they're more action oriented. Um, and certainly, you know, I think as as a businesswoman, um, <clears throat> whatever your business is, or you're working in a corporate, you know, environment, and you're trying to move ahead, you know, it is hard to find lifters to align with because we're not enculturated in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now you said you knew from a young age when you were a little girl that you wanted mm-hmm. to be a psychologist. Now, where you are now, do you look back and just go, how, you know, how does this happen? How do you feel? Do you feel, I mean, do you have like a sense of pride knowing that, okay, I wanted to do this as a child and this is how far I have come? Oh, I mean, I have a, I have a lot of pride. I have a lot of gratitude. I feel incredibly blessed. Um, I particularly, when a family comes to me, I just feel um, so privileged that I'm able to help people every day um, and bring them hope, especially because we use holistic therapies. And I'm not saying like, you know, go take some Ritalin. You know, that's not going to fix anything. You're not going to learn anything from that. You know, we use a combination of psychotherapy with holistic therapies. But I mean, absolutely. This was, you know, it was my path to be a psychologist. And I truly believe, you know, it was from, you know, a higher power. It was really kind of guided in that direction. It really just aligned with really who I am. Um, And I have such an affinity, a love for it. And, but I... I do have a lot of pride. I still feel like there's more things I'd like to do. One of my main missions is obviously to support people through our center. But my other big mission is to get people to know other professionals, people who are suffering that, you know, there are actually incredibly research uh, based therapies that are ridiculously effective. And, you know, we're, they're just that message isn't being conveyed to people um, and you know, that is really an important part of my work, um, that I want people to know that you can get healing and it may not be, you know, the script that was given to you. 
Um, and, you know, psychotherapy is really important. And, you know, you got stuff. We all have stuff. Um, sometimes we learn stuff from behavioral patterns being set down to us. You know, it doesn't have to define you. And you can learn and take a different way. Um, and <clears throat> we, we, all, we all can take those steps for ourselves. We can take them for our children. Um, whatever it is that where you are in your life. And I'm always really amazed, Trina, like, so we have, you know, people, moms with babies that come here and we have people in their eighties. And I, I always am amazed, like people coming in in their seventies and eighties, right. And they want something different for their life. And I think, wow, that's really an empowered person um, who says, you know what, why should I continue to have anxiety? or whatever their issue is, chronic pain, or whatever it is, and, and to do something for themselves, I think is such an amazing uh, gift, you know, that not only that I get to help them with, but they take care of themselves. So I think that it's never too late. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited and passionate about the work that I do. And um, I, I think the best part about what I do is I get to give people this knowledge and there's just so many tools that are holistic that work for people that they just didn't know. It never crossed their mind. So that's probably one of the most exciting things that I get to do every day. And I can hear the passion in your voice. So how, because like you said, these are not things that are publicized. So people, it's not the standard. Yep. So how, how would one come about finding you or someone like you to, you know, like you said, when you see these older women saying, you know what, I, I want to change how I've been doing things to better, you know, myself, take care of myself, my self care. How do you go about finding somebody you or even, even knowing, cause you don't know what you don't know. Right. So how, no. how do you do that? You know, I mean, listen, I think today, you know, there's back, you know, when I started a million years ago, um, you know, we did have the internet when I started because I was making phone calls on the internet in 1996. I was always, <laughs> I had a laptop, you know, I was always doing different things, but we get two ways. One, you have a friend, you have somebody that shares information. And now today people are finding things, things by Googling and they're looking online and they're, you know, seeing what people say and researching, you know, the internet is not all bad. There is really good information out there. And so you know, those are pretty much the main ways that people find me. I have traditional, what I call allopathic physicians sending people my way. But the majority of people now are researching things online. So, you know, they they realize that a lot of my clients have Lyme disease, infectious disease. Um, and <clears throat> I just co-authored a book. Um, for the nonprofit epidemic, epidemic answers with with some board members on epidemic answers, and it's about a disease called pans pandas, and it's related to infectious disease where the brain um, the body starts attacking itself and creates an inflammatory response, and you'll get a sudden onset of psychiatric issues. And even though it's known for children, it actually can happen at any age. Um, so people are looking online and finding information and saying, oh, I was bitten by a tick and about a month later I developed anxiety. Hmm. My doctor said it's not related, but, you know, I got onto the Lyme disease Facebook group 
and everybody's telling me it is. And boy, I sure seem to fit those symptoms. And they go and find somebody like myself or an MD who specializes in Lyme. And they are choosing their own health paths, which I think is pretty amazing. Um, but that's where people find people in their towns, like if for, to find a neurofeedback provider. I'm board certified. You can get onto the um, BCIA, so the board certified website, and you can find a board certified person anywhere in the world. Um, and, you know, this is how people are finding information, you know, and I think you have to be careful and you have to read and, um, you know, evaluate and before you make into a decision. But I mean, isn't that how you search for information now, Trina? Oh, like, what absolutely. We, yeah. What do we do before Google? We had a telephone walk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then that yeah. was a crapshoot. Absolutely it was, you know. <laughs> You know, so it is a really interesting thing. You know, I, you know, people write about you online and you know, most of it's great. And then, you know, people are very opinionated about certain things. And, you know, it's become, you know, a force that I think is, is helpful in many ways to people. And um, I certainly, you know, read my Amazon reviews before I buy, you know, whatever, my next vacuum. Um, so why not see, you know, now college kids can get on to rate my professor and they can find out information about a professor before they ever get in their class and see if it's the right learning style for them. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, we yeah. have tools now that like you're saying, I, cause I remember, yeah, in, in 1996, I was working my what second job out of college or whatever. And I, I think I had like AOL dial up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the black and white screen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Our generation has no idea. The new generation, they don't understand how oh, hard man. it was. Yeah. Dial up and just stop working on you. Um, yeah. I mean, our computers had less memory than our phones do today. I know. Yeah. So interesting. But I love that, you know, that, that the tide is turning and that people really have become empowered um, advocates for themselves and are saying, you know, well, it doesn't make sense that you've tried medication, you know, eight times on me and I'm sick all eight times. And you keep telling me that I should have another medication enough, you know, and I, you know, Googled neurofeedback and this is what I'm going to do, which is a very common thing for people to come in here, um, either from themselves or from their child because um, every medication has some level of toxicity. So, you know, most people have a side effect and they just determine is the side effect less than the benefit, you know, or is it greater? What what choice do I make? And, and that's not to say that certain people, you know, who have true biochemical imbalances for psychiatric meds like, um, you know, bipolar or schizophrenia. Yeah, you know, you need meds you know, and you should be grateful when they work. But, you know, a little kid who's three and a half years old should not be popped on ADD meds. That's just silly. That's just what we've done culturally to children. It's not done in other places. The research shows us, you know, it's not done in places like France, Europe in general, don't view children's behavior in the same way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I 
I don't understand it either. I, I'm not a fan of, of medication. I'm, I mean, if you need it, like you said, if you, you know, you have diabetes or something like that. Oh, no. And I mean, psychiatric. Medicine. Oh, yeah. No, I no, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. But yeah. it's just it's amazing. Like you said, they're they're so willing to just put you on medication. And a lot of times you're mm-hmm. walking around like a zombie yeah. and you don't know why. And, you know, maybe it was something that could have been done, like you said, holistically instead of absolutely doping yeah. yourself up. I mean, how many women are in perimenopause and they don't even know it and they have, you know, like an onset of anxiety and what does the doctor do? Give them an anti-anxiety medication. They gain 20 or 30 pounds. Oh yeah, they're feeling great, right? No, I'm being sarcastic. And really the underlying issue is a hormone imbalance because you're in perimenopause and there's, you know, that impacts everybody differently. You know, Mm -hmm. some people can't sleep. Some people are anxious. Some people have panic attacks. Some people have nothing, you know, so why, why are we going to give them, you know, whatever, uh, Prozac or Xanax or whatever it is. It's, it's not really the right, it's not, that's not the root cause of a chemical imbalance. We should address the root cause. The root cause is a hormone imbalance. Um, and people can feel a lot healthier quicker without gaining weight or any negative side effects. Um, and, you know, people should, you know, do what they can. They should strive for wellness. And there's a lot they can do, including, you know, sleeping properly and trying to manage stress the best they can in this stressful world. Um, and certainly try to eat better. Because um, <clears throat> nutrition is really important for brain health. Now, what, since we're talking about the self-care aspect and we all can do better with self-care, the sleeping now, how many hours do you, should a person get to have a really good functioning, you know, body and brain and things like that? Well, I know that for an adult, that an adult should, the bare, bare minimum, is I believe five and three quarter hours um, is the bare, bare minimum. And you're not even having great cognitive functioning, Um, but really seven hours or more is what's recommended for an adult for sleep. Um, I know that's not always feasible for adults. Um, I think what's happening is people are having poor quality of sleep. So even if they're getting seven hours or eight hours, you know, they they <clears throat> are having very high stress levels, you know, their cortisol shooting up maybe in the middle of the night. And so they're waking up or, you know, you're checking on a baby as a woman or who knows what happens. Um, so people are not getting deep enough for quality sleep. And so that, there's a real repercussion in that because, uh, you know, your brain can't work properly if you're not sleeping. They do all those great, you know, studies, and you can see it on TV, um, where you look at somebody who drank alcohol operating a car who's sleep deprived, and they behave in the same manner when operating a vehicle. Um, and I think any woman who, you know, the first two weeks after you have a baby, if you're not a bad sleeper, um, remembers that that is such a tough time. That's what happens to a lot of people. People come into me all the time, and they just don't sleep. It's pretty amazing. Yes. You know, you got to carve what you can out in that time and make it a priority for yourself. 
Yeah. I, and I find out within with myself when I don't get enough sleep, I just I don't feel at my best physically or mentally. And what you're saying just makes so much sense to me because, yeah, you need it. You need it. Absolutely. And then it's, you know, it's so linked, Trina, to, you know, how are you managing stress in your life? You know, are you working two jobs? Um, maybe your kid's struggling at school. You know, maybe you're in a bad marriage. Whatever it is that you're stressed or you have a terrible boss, you know. And, you know, again, causing those stress levels to go up and up and up. And, you know, you can't live in a high stress all the time. You can visit it. But after a while, your body starts to shut down. You'll actually sleep more, you know, less. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, the other things that impact, you know, how you sleep is, you know, what you eat, exercise. I mean, that those areas are the most important. Sort of whatever issue you're dealing with or just for a healthy brain and body, you want to try to take care of those things on a daily basis. Um, and I'm really into eating very healthy and that's not easy in America, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I do think in the last few years, there's so many more healthy food choices available. Um, you know, even, you know, we even have some sort of quick serve restaurants that eat, you know, much healthier like Panera, um, Chipotle. Um, and I mentioned them only cause they use better quality meats. Um, and you know, so it's, it is easier to grab, you know, I know you must. Do you have Trader Joe's in Houston, Trina? We have a couple, but I'm very familiar with them. I love okay. Them. Well, they're a low cost, um, better quality food market. They have a lot of organic choices and they have great prices, you know? So I always say to people, you can go to Trader Joe's, you can get pre-made meals, you can get all kinds of things and it, it's convenience with quality of food. Um, but the research shows us that you know, when you eat an anti-inflammatory diet with less grains, you know, no sugar, higher fat intake, you know, it really is a great combatant for things like anxiety and depression, ADHD. Um, and so, you know, that's not a message that's conveyed to people either. It's, it's harder for them. Uh, it's harder for Americans to change their diet than it is their religion. You know, it's... <laughs> It's really, really, um, I live in an area of the country where people are very conscientious and focused on their food. Um, so it's pretty easy for me to talk to people about food and, and making tweaks, you know, like, okay, you like pizza? Okay, well, let's find a better version of the pizza. You know, let's put more protein in there. You know, um, let's do some, you know, let's add a fruit smoothie. You know, I just, every everybody should be having a smoothie every day just to get more fruits and veggies in their, you know, bodies so that their brains can work better. Um, those are the kind of things that are helpful tweaks, right? You know, little steps wow. for self-care. Now, I have a question. I'm, I'm sure. just curious, since you, you know, studied the brain and everything, is there things that we can do to keep our brain healthy and functioning? So, like, I, you know... I've been told like, oh, doing a crossword puzzle or something like that. Is that true? And especially now where we're seeing, I think we're seeing like a lot of people coming, you know, with Alzheimer's being diagnosed with that. Is mm -hmm. there anything that we can do to keep that brain just working and active, you know, beyond what we do on a, a daily basis? 
yeah, that's a great question. So yes, um, doing things like crossword puzzles does help with um, keeping your brain working at a higher level. There is a principle <laughs> called use it or lose it. So if you do not remain active, um, just like a muscle, right? You stop working out. What happens to your muscles? They atrophy. It makes it harder to go up the stairs. You know, um, you start working out more, your muscle builds. It's the same thing with the brain. So the more active you stay, the more cognitively you're, you're able to process better and, you know, keep your mood regulate and engage and, you know, stave off hopefully, you know, cognitive decline. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's really, really important. And, and also to stay social because sometimes people, particularly if somebody's elderly and they retire, you know, the first six months after retiring, you have a very dramatic likelihood of a heart attack um, because people, disengage, they lose social connections. Um, and it's really, really important to not only cognitively to stay engaged, but to be social and active with people. Um, and, you know, and you will see, you know, uh, we, why do we have an increase in Alzheimer's? Well, people are living a lot longer. Um, so we're going to see more of those aging problems because, you know, I know, in one side of my family, my one side of my husband's family, people live until they're well into their nineties. Um, and you know, a generation ago that just wasn't happening as much. Now it's pretty common. You know, I think of the seventies, somebody being in their seventies is pretty young now. I don't know about you. Um, but you know, somebody who's 75 doesn't seem that old to me anymore. No, it, it, it they're not. And it's funny mm. you say that because I think about that now and I, there was a time where I was going, oh, 50. Oh, my God, that's so old. And I'm yeah. thinking, I'm almost 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Right. So, so yeah, so 70 is, is not old at all. And you're right. We're seeing people who are are living longer because, you know, I remember being a teenager and somebody dying at 60 was like, oh, they were old. But now I see somebody dying at 60 and I'm going, oh my God, they're young. They're so young, you know. Um, my mother-in-law, uh, they have a lot of uh, longevity on her side and she is like, we call her action Grammy, party Grammy. She skis. She rides her bike 30 to 50 miles. She boogie boards she does kayaks all over the place she just went on like a 10-day sailing trip where they ran their own boat you know this is what's happening she's a whole group of friends that are in her age range and they're really keep being very physical and doing fun things eating really really healthy and you know you can just see cognitively not only physically is she pretty amazing but you know cognitively her and her group of friends I mean, there is no slowed, slowed aging at all. Um, and, and it's exciting. We do see people work, choosing to work later, and they don't have to work. And some people do. Um, but more people are just staying active, whether it's part-time work, just, just to you know, keep a routine and, and be there. And not everybody loves to you know, ride their bike 50 miles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
she's great to take on vacation because you can sit and lay on your beach chair and action Grammy will take your kids all over the place. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, but, uh, you know, exciting times, you know, when people, you know, are living longer and certainly, you know, uh, yes, there's some people who say they smoke every day and do all that and they're living till they're 112. That's just not the norm, you know, so people who live better tend to take better care of themselves. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned the um, being physically active and being cognitively um, strong because that's what I was thinking. I was, I knew there had to be a link between people who actually get out and do things and stay active that actually helps their brain as well as their body. Oh, of course. Sitting home, looking at the four walls, not getting out socializing with other people. Just watching TV is not cognitively stimulating, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love to get together with their girlfriends? You know, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, And so why should it stop when you're 75? You know, it shouldn't. You should have more time for fun things. And exactly. And I, yeah. And I'm glad you're bringing this up because I think us as women, we, I don't think we think we deserve that. Yeah. We have families, we have children, we're working, we're trying to do all that. And to sit back and just say, you know what, I'm going to take this time for me and I'm going to be with my girlfriends. I think a lot of times that makes us feel guilty that we want to do that. Well, you know, we're our own worst enemies. We really have this false belief that we can be super women, you know, and society has told us we can do everything. And I'm not saying that some of us can't, but we make it like somehow think it's easy and it's really, really, really hard. Um, and, you know, to manage and juggle all those things, even when you have kids that are pretty neurotypical. And um, I I say neurotypical because in my world, you know, almost everybody I see has a kid, you know, ADHD or a learning challenge and, you know, some, something that requires extra support as a mother, but it is really, really important to have sales self-care and self-care has to be daily. And that's the part nobody's telling you because as a mom, we're working two and a half times harder than our partner, even if they're awesome. And because we believe we're super women and you have to do something for yourself every day, even if it's 10 minutes, you need your nervous system to align, relax. You know, it could be prayer. It could be meditation. It could be journaling. It can be writing. It could be yoga, but you need to do things that get your nervous system, your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system to align, which gets your central nervous system to calm and regulate, um, but also to do fun things, right? So, you know, at least once a month I go for a massage, you know, 2019, I'm like, I've got to see my girls more, right? You know, Um spend more time with them and really putting dates on the calendar. Um, And you shouldn't feel guilty about that because when we're happier as women, as human beings, we're better mothers, you know, wives, daughters, we're better because we're happier. (laughs) Um, And that's why self-care is so important. I'm glad you said that that's something that needs to be done daily. Daily. Nobody says that. No. You need, you need to, as little as 10 minutes a day. Like, it doesn't have to be every day um, of 
a massage. It'd be nice. Right. <laughs> I don't got time for that. You know, <laughs> I got stuff to do, but 10 minutes, you've got to carve it out, you know, and some people make time. I have a mom, she gets up, oh God, she gets up at 345 and she works out. Now I think that's criminal, but <laughs> well, I do too. So. Okay, you get up at three forty-five to work out. I I I do. I get. I do like a fifteen-minute workout, and then I'm getting ready for work. So I get okay. up early. You get up early, but yes. you do. And what time do you go to bed, Trina? Uh, I'm not gonna tell you because okay. <laughs> I'm not getting it's, enough sleep. Yeah, you're not getting enough sleep, but you you've got to try to compensate for that in some way, right? You know, because that's hard. It is. It it, yeah. it truly is. Yeah, it is. So, um. You know, and and some people, there are some people outside of those sleep norms that can do well with less sleep. Um, and again, I think it has to do with the quality of your sleep. Because if I got five hours of awesome sleep, I feel pretty fantastic versus seven hours of waking up seven times. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, everyone's, you know, bio-individual. Right. right. You know? Wow, this has been really a great conversation just about the self-care and the brain. It's it's just things that you don't hear normally. At our at our house we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I'm know. pretty sure yeah, you yeah. do. <laughs> no. No, no, it's it's no, I'm thank you because it's important to talk about that. I always try to connect everything to the brain because you know, if you talk about self care as benefiting the brain, you're like, darn, I should do that. Yeah, you should. <laughs> you know, but the brain and the nervous system need some calming every day. It's, we're constantly in a high stress state and it's just not healthy, right? And so we pay the price. We, we have problems, you know, losing weight because we're in a high stress state or you're not sleeping or you're making bad food choices or you're cranky, you know. Um, these are things that if you take a little self-care, it really can help turn the dial on that. It might not totally correct it, but you can get some wiggle room, you know? And when you say self-care, most people don't think about brain. They think about the physical, like you said, getting right. a massage, yeah. doing things like that. But you don't think about, okay, my my brain needs to be yeah. active and needs to, you know, have some care taken with it. And honestly, until today, I didn't think of that either. Well, I'm glad that this was enlightening. Yeah, it needs to, it needs some calming. Yeah, we do think of physical, right? So like people like yourself, you make time to exercise and, and that might be, you know, really calming for you. You know, if we're doing high level cardio, it's, that's not calming. <laughs> um, you should do cardio, you know, you know, at least two to three times a week. Um, <clears throat> but we also just need some downtime to relaxing, you know, because also, you know, the constant access of the smartphone causes a lot of disruption in the nervous system. You know, um, there's so much research to say if it's near your bed, it disrupts your sleep just because your brain thinks that it's there and, and knows that it's there and thinks it might ring. So you, you don't sleep as deeply. Hmm. Well, that's, you know, I, I can go on. Yeah. Asking you, yeah. Asking you questions about this because I, I'm, I'm guilty of needing more self-care. What I want to do now, I, I want to go into the 10 questions that I ask every guest. Sure. And so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get started with that. Okay. Okay. Who or what 
motivates you? Who or what? Well, I mean, that's an easy question. All these awesome mothers that come into my life who are scared and frightened and desperate and looking for help. Um, they motivate me because I'm one of them. And, um, and, you know, they motivate me to constantly learn and find ways to help others. Okay. What demotivates you? Um, negative people. Negative people are energy suckers. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I just make a real purposeful point to not have negative people in my life. Okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked out for your good? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think just in general, when you've been ill prepared for change, um, and something happens that seems like it upsets you and, um, because you weren't ready for it, like somebody left your life, um, somebody had left my life this past year and it had really hurt me, but you know what? It moved me in a different direction and that was a good thing. Okay. What is your fear? What is my fear? Oh, that's a really personal one. That's very easy that I'm open to talk about. Um, my older son has chronic Lyme and pans, which is part of why I've been involved in this community, but I've always been involved. And I think my fear is that we won't find a diagnosis. I mean, we won't find a cure. Hmm. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Um, you know, I am not really a regretful person. Um, and I know that I live my life where I'm very conscientious and thoughtful about how I impact others. Um, and I can't say that I have really any deep regrets in life. And I do believe that, again, even if you're ill prepared for change in life, there's always um, a benefit that happens. Okay. Well, the next question was, is there a time that you would, that you wish you had not done something? So is that the same answer? Not done something. Oh, that's No, I actually have, I do have an answer. Well, I wish I had done more self care for myself at a younger age. I'm pretty good at it now. Um, but I think, you know, when you're a mom, um, and you're a mom of young kids in particular, you get away from um, taking care of yourself. And I, I just wish that I had purposely, as I was getting really busy and growing myself as a professional, that I put in more time for self-care. Okay. What is your definition of success? What's your definition of success? Hmm. Um, I think just you know, having purposeful intent for something and achieving your goal, whatever that goal is, um, and having, you know, a lot of pride about it. Okay. How do you recharge? How do I recharge? Oh, I love to do fun things. Um, so we travel a lot. Um, and, you know, and I love to go to concerts. (laughs) 
Um, I just really try to have do something fun every day. And, you know, I, my youngest is still pretty young, eight. And I think when you have a young child, you know, what's great about them is they force you to connect and really do fun things. Plus, I, we were already really fun anyway. My husband and I. We're going to be like 75 and still in the front row of a concert. I'm just going to tell you, we're going to be those people. But just really trying to enjoy and, and live in the moment. Great. What are you awesome at? I'm awesome at, I'm awesome at what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm an awesome cook outside of... Um, you know, being a psychologist, I have a lot of pride. I know I'm really good at what I do. I'm ridiculously passionate about it. Um, but I love cooking and I'm really good at it. If you've had the privilege to be at one of my parties, which are many, um, I love to cook. <laughs> mm, okay. What legacy do you want to leave? Oh, I, that's easy. I, I want both professionals and, you know, just people who are, you know, suffering in some way to have more awareness and better access to, to research-based holistic therapies. Okay. Yep. That, hey, those are great answers. <laughs> it's, you know, you don't well, have thanks. any regret. You don't have any regrets. That's, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't live a life of regret. You so know what true. I mean? And so I true. really am a kind person. That's not to say that I haven't hurt anybody unintentionally. Um, but I do, I'm not impulsive. I think about what I do. And, um, you know, I, I can't really say that I had any steps of regret. Okay. So what is one motivational takeaway that you want to leave with the listeners? Motivational takeaway. I would say that one of the most surprising motivators um, is meditation. And we know that through research that 40 days of meditation actually changes your brain. Um, and if you take, they have great apps. Insight Timer is a free app that you can use. And you can use um, progressive meditation where relaxation, progressive relaxation, where it talks you through breathing or muscle relaxation. You don't have to just have it be quiet. That's hard to do. It's hard for me to do. And having that time really can not only calm your brain, but give you an opportunity to balance and ground yourself. And when you balance and ground yourself, you'll be shocked at how energy changes around you and how many positive things happen to you. And if you pair that with daily positive visualizations about what your own goals are, whether that's business or personal, whatever it is, you'll be shocked at how much um, success. If you talk to any um, incredibly successful person, they will tell you that they visualize every day. Um, and I just have found personally that the combination of meditation and visualization is incredibly powerful. Okay. Well, we're coming to the end. So Roseanne, tell the listeners how they can connect with you. Yeah. The best way to connect with me is through my website. Um, and that's uh, drrosean.com, www.drrosean, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N.com, or Facebook, 
Um, and you, you know, you can just find me, just put in Dr. Roseanne Kapana Hodge. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Instagram is fun. And um, Pinterest, but I would say Facebook, I try to really put good information out um, about the brain, you know, parenting, just just different holistic therapies um, so people can get, you know, good information there too. Well, thank you for being on the show. And I, I'm looking at, you know, care for my brain in a whole different way. Oh, I'm glad. Very enlightening. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. If you're looking for a speaker for your live event or conference, go to my website and read my bio and contact me at bit.ly forward slash booktrina. I hope you have a great week. Until then, remember, if you change your mindset, you'll change your life. Keep striving. Success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.